Hello and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, poet and playwright, Mark Anthony Rossi. In this, our third year, we continue to explore the meaning of being an artist in an ever-changing digital world. Now, without further ado, here is your host. This is episode 190, Mystic Chords of Memoir. Now, I've taken that from the Mystic Chords of Memory uh, from Abraham Lincoln. Uh, I tell you, you got some figures in history like Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King Jr. that are excellent writers in their own right. Even though that's not what their primary career was, nevertheless, they were excellent writers. So I pretty much borrowed that from him to change it to memoir. I like it because it really does talk about memory and that's what we're going to talk about here when, we, when we're talking about memoir i'm embarking on one myself a little later in the year once i wrap up some other details over here and it's just just that time to to do this uh, i've seen some other people working on trying to get their memoir out there as well so it's always an exciting time now let's talk a little bit first about what a memoir is okay <laughs> naturally it's the french word okay and it means uh, a combination of uh, memory and, and uh, reminiscence. When you put those together, that's where you get memoir from the French. All right, And it doesn't mean, okay, that this is about your whole life, because it's not. And it's not an autobiography. It's definitely not a biography. All right, It's just a slice of life. So it could be in a period of time. Let's say I was thinking about doing something about some of my military uh, travels or adventures or experiences in Germany and elsewhere. Well, you know, that, that would be a memoir. Because I'm not going to be starting from where I was born in Hoboken in 1965, you know, up until, you know, getting married and having children. That would be an a, a, a autobiography, okay? Because if I wrote it, autobiography of someone else did. Memoir, slice of life. It's something that has happened to you. Uh, it could be um, a combination of good and bad. It could be something very dramatic. It could be something uh, life-altering, like an accident. You know, it could be an incredible discovery you made when you went out to a you know, forest in South America or something. But slice of life is definitely what it is. Okay? Now, it's become, historically, in the late 20th century, going into the 21st century, sort of like a subcategory of, of biography and, and autobiography. So... You know, if you were going to put this uh, in that category, it would be there. Autobiography, biography, and then memoir. So they, 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 they definitely belong together in the sense that uh, someone's uh, life events are being recounted in, 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 a, in the work. It's just that it's not going to be the entire life. Just that, that one little slice or section. Now, there's been some real interesting uh, memoirs in the turn of the century. Uh, first, you got one from the, from the First World War. It's from Ernest Younger, uh, Storm of Steel. Uh, Frederick Manning did one, uh, Her Private her Private's We. All right. Um, if anyone remembers, uh, Ellie Weasel, he won the Nobel Prize for writing. Um, he wrote a memoir called Night. It was about some of his young adulthood and going in right into the concentration camps and all the stuff that, that had happened to him. Uh, Primo Levi, one of the few Italian Jews uh, around, 
uh, who, who really, uh, I, I guess you could say, uh, put their real best foot forward in terms of a literary sense. Um, he wrote uh, his own memoir, uh, If This Is a Man, and it was about his arrest uh, by the Nazis uh, while he was in the Italian resistance movement. And then, of course, um, uh, some of his life uh, as a prisoner in Auschwitz when he got sent away. So that's, in that's incredible. All right, and um, we'll talk about a few others that, that other people have done. All right. In the meantime, let us go over like some of the uh, some of the categories. Okay, you got a number of categories in memoir, believe it or not. So sort of like a, a subcategory of uh, a subcategory, but really it's a theme. So even in this subcategory memoir, you have themes, uh, and I'm not saying these are every one of them that could be out there, but these are generally grouped up because most people have written the most in these particular themes. So in memoir, we got the transformation memoir, okay? Then we got the confessional one. Uh, we got one called the professional one, which is like more to the celebrity sort of people. And then, of course, you got a travel memoir, which uh, sometimes is also written by professional people, but many times it's just about a slice of life on strictly travel. You know what I mean? Somebody took off a year to do this. Somebody decided to... Uh, you know, uh, do everything from uh, train how to climb to uh, hire a Sherpa and then go up Mount Everest and almost die and blah, blah, blah. So travel memoir, those are actually uh, pretty popular as well. well. We'll go over some of the details of each one of those, but I just wanted to remind you that those were out there. And I think they're, I think they're pretty, uh, pretty uh, exciting that they, they have that kind of a breakdown. This way it's people are just not always approaching the memoir as oh it's just somebody's life thing and blah blah no uh, that's the whole exciting part of a memoir and and forgive me for saying this i don't care who the person is uh, the autobiography or the biography it doesn't matter who who they are how famous or whatever they've done they tend to be dry in the beginning I mean, if you think about it, I mean, you know who this person is, but, you know, you're spending, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 pages on they were born here and their mother did this and their father did that. And then they, some kid bullied them and they punched them in the nose and blah, blah. I mean, it, it's kind of dry in the beginning. So it's not the same as a memoir, which I find to be a lot more exciting because it's almost like when you're, when you're writing a memoir and you're reading a memoir, you are hitting the ground running, so to speak. Okay, well, I have to worry about when the person was born, what cultural background they have, what religious thing they do, and that they kiss this girl or this boy, or whatever. Pfft. You know, we don't have to worry about any of that stuff. It's you're just going on to the person's life events. Oftentimes, they're already an adult, a fully formed mind out there doing things. And that's what I like about memoirs. It has a, a bit of an adventure to it, it has some excitement to it. It definitely does boil down. You know that event in in that one in that one uh, book. They don't tend to be gigantic books either. They tend to be small. I mean, you ever see the memoir Night from Eli Wiesel? It's, it's like really, really thin. It's a small book. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's powerful, but you know that's the great thing about the memoirs. It gets to the point. You know, not waiting around, going through. They went to this college. They married this girl. They divorced that woman. Blah blah blah. It's just right to the point. So that's why I like about memoir. I like that that whole memory thing. I really do. I think it's uh, interesting as hell, okay? Now, we've had some controversies with memoir over the past 30 or 40 years. Now, here's the deal, okay? And, and I'll put it to you really succinctly, all right? Because the memoir is about you recalling memories of things that you've done or said or talked to other people about, 
it's not going to be perfect. And I think people understand that. You know, it's, it's to me, writing something that's not perfect in a memoir or making a mistake on a fact or, you know, going too short or too long on something, that's going to happen because of the course of memories. I mean, oftentimes you're trying to recount things that might have happened 20, 30, 40 years ago or maybe even further. So it's going to happen. I'm not saying that there's willfully an element of fiction in a memoir, but you're going to have a little bit. You, you, you can't recount everything perfectly, and that's just the way that is. That's humanity. That's, that's being human. I'm okay with that. I think people are okay with that as well because they understand that. But we've had people who have deliberately put out memoirs where there was a lot of fake memory going on. There was a lot of stuff they were just writing in there. And that's what you shouldn't do, and that's really what you can't do, because then that's not a memoir. Then you're just like, that's just another another piece of fiction then. Oftentimes, you know, and that's just become popular, and, you know, we've, even though we've had these instances now and then, for the most part, you know, people are writing down things that are established, and, and, and they, they have the, uh, you know, they have the means or the notes or the research to make sure that it is so. But... I think people uh, in the literary world are having more respect for it as the years have gone by. But I know in the past it was sort of like the, you know, the red-headed stepchild of uh, of biography or something, you know. But now it's a lot more established, and and now they they have a better understanding of, you know, what we should expect, what you should do. Definitely, whenever it's possible, you want to try to do some research. Uh, not only research from your memory, maybe research from your notes, maybe research from your own writings, maybe research from people you talked to or hung out with. Hey, do you remember this? What about that? And da, da, da. To get, you know, every angle you possibly can. Nothing wrong with that. I think that's a good idea. It's not the same kind of research, although, as uh, you're writing a biography uh, 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 of someone or you're writing your own autobiography, it's not the same because that, that's a lot more intense. That really relies... You know, strictly on a lot of facts, that really is going to look a lot more closer because you're putting down things that are supposed to be precise. You put down somebody's um, date of birth and town they were born in and school they went to, and none of that's correct. Well, that's a bad way to start an autobiography, and what else could be wrong then? I mean, that you're supposed to know. My mom is a little bit different. You do have a little room anyway, and that's and that's fine. Now. I find, and, and I think people are also finding too, that in many ways, uh, memoirs have become more popular because we're becoming, as a society, more interested in the reality about people's lives. You see the reality TV shows are being made, and now they become a, an actual genre of themselves. They're not going to go anywhere, obviously, you know, and... People are interested in that. They, they, they feel it, it, it lends more uh, of, a, of a realness. It lends more of an authenticity. It's a, for them, there's, there's a, a major element of honesty, even though there's still you know rumors that sometimes things are scripted a little bit or sometimes things are sort of like pretended or, or portrayed or rehearsed in, in, in a way, which really shouldn't be because that's not exactly reality. But nevertheless, you hear that every so often. But... For the most part, people seem to like that. I think because many times, sometimes for fiction, especially if it's if it's genre fiction, you know, it, it, it can be tedious for some people because they're like, oh, God, i got to read to this to learn about this alien, to learn about this monster, to learn about this horror, to learn about this, that, and whatever. And, 
you know, fiction, just like uh, in many ways an autobiography, it takes a little while to get to something. So it can be a little dry, it can be a little slow, it can be a little bit, you know, I dare say uh, uninteresting in the beginning anyway. Because, you know, it takes a little while to build up some steam, you know, and, and, and some drama, you know, and just some some footing on all, all. but that's just the nature of, of those particular forms of writing. And I don't think really, you know, memoir uh, should be praised or, or criticized because, you know, it, it, it steps in you know, on the ground running quicker. That's just the way it works. But I think it's really why it's becoming more more popular, where people seem to like it. I think also because, and again, I'm not trying to put down autobiographies or biographies, but there's so much research done in those. And, and there's so many facts thrown out there. And there's so many things they're trying to intertwine with already, you know, the drama of this and, and that. And remember, unless you're writing your own, somebody else is writing it uh, uh, about you. They're only going to be able to find out so much. And they certainly don't have, you know, some big reservoir of memories that can be drawn from other than maybe some interviews here and there. So oftentimes it doesn't always feel as lively. It doesn't always feel, you know... And I wouldn't say I wouldn't dare say truthful, but it might not always feel that like it has that third dimension of authenticity that a memoir does. It feels like you're right in the thick of it with a memoir. I think people like that. They like the reality. They like they feel like they're right in the middle of it. They feel it moves faster. You're getting uh you know right from the horse's mouth so to speak because you know people don't tend to write memoirs about somebody else. They write a memoir about themselves and their events. So it, it really is, in many ways, um, a first-person, uh, you know, a project, so to speak. So I, and I, I like it that way, too. I, it's some of the reasons why I like it as well. But another reason I like it more than anything else is because, without trying to, you know, be humorous over here, there's a kind of brevity to, to memoirs that there really isn't with biographies and, and autobiographies. I mean, you can easily have a 400, 500-page autobiography or biography. It's not unheard of. In fact, most of them, they tend to be uh, rarely, rarely under 350 words. They tend to be pretty large uh, because uh, people are expecting lots of detail, especially for somebody uh, normally famous or somebody really that people have some real interest in. There's, there's a lot to go through in, in a person's life. Uh, and even more when, when they're no longer around because now you really got to be making sure. You don't want to have the estate jumping on you or the relatives beating you up or... Because it doesn't help you, you know, trying to sell your book that you just spent a year or two on. So, um, I like that about the memoir. It's fast. It can be exciting. It definitely is concentrating on a, a subject or two. It's not really talking about 50 different things. Because that's what those other books do. I mean, they talk about everything. Childhood, adulthood, college, school, military, travel, events, personal life, this and that, political views, religious, uh. It just goes on and on and on. I don't even know half that stuff is relevant sometimes to the person that we're talking about. You know what I mean? I mean, quite frankly, you think about it. Is it really relevant for me to know that I'll, even though Albert Einstein was a Jew who was in Nazi Germany and he, he came over here and, you know, some of his theories helped us build the bomb, but did we really need to know that he was a practicing Jew? <laughs> did we really need to know that? I mean, it's obvious from some of his writings that he still had a belief in God. 
but uh, he didn't go to the synagogue very often or, or I don't know ever or something like that I don't know what does that really say about him is that really a, a, a nick on his character or something is that really a you know a smack in his head I mean what does it have to do with theory of relativity or anything else for that matter so I don't get it you know but they put that in these books sometimes I mean I understand people want to try to find every fact they can but lord sometimes stuff like that is not necessary guess what it didn't make any difference you know it really didn't I, I remember reading about Nelson Mandela it didn't make any difference whether he believed in God or not whether he went to church or not it really didn't because his political beliefs and his actions and his imprisonment and then his release and then all the things he did afterwards uh, to become president of South Africa and all that stuff they all seem to stem from his experiences and his character and from him following the things he's saying you know and I'm not I'm not making fun of religion I'm not saying it's not important in people's lives because it is for a lot of people but for some of these folks it wasn't so it's not really central to that character where like a Martin Luther King Jr. I mean he, he had a PhD in theology <laughs> he was a Passover church you gotta, you gotta talk about some of his religion and what he was believing and what he was trying to practice and how he reconciled it with being out in the, the streets and, and and blah 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 boycotts this and all of that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you, there's no choice about that because it was it was part and parcel who he was. This is not to say that his character, you know, was different from his religious upbringing or his religious beliefs, but it, it is it is wise to say that. Some of his character was inspired, possibly even, you know, instructed through his religious uh, belief and his faith. So, yeah, that uh, is important to know about. So, I, I, and I see why you would, it would be really weird for somebody to write a biography that never mentioned that. Write a whole biography, like 400 pages, and you never found out he went to church, did a sermon or anything. Yeah, he was just a pastor, but yeah, he's out there like stopping racism and trying to get the vote and da 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 da, being against Vietnam, do do do. Makes no sense. So um, I I think oftentimes uh, they add stuff onto it just because it's a few more pages, or maybe it's just another interesting angle they've discovered in their own research, and I thought it was interesting to put in. But a lot of times it's not really necessary because it's really not. In my opinion, anyway, germane to who they are. Okay, I mean, if you think about it, it it's a it, it, think about Abraham Lincoln. We wish he could have been around long enough to write a memoir or anything else. But we know enough about his personal life, about the depression that he had to suffer, about the mental illness of his wife, about the death of his son, about how he kept putting in stupid loser generals that literally cost hundreds of thousands of lives until he finally put in people who were willing to kick ass and get this war done. I mean, quite frankly, if he put Grant in two years before that, the, the war would have been two years long instead of four years. Imagine all the people he would have saved, you know? And he, he, had, to, he had to bear that responsibility. But he was a hell of a, a writer. But here's a guy that, uh, in many ways... And I read a number of biographies of him because a number of them have been written. Here's a guy that even though he talked about the spiritual world, and even though he even talked about God, uh, not a godly man, almost never went to church, didn't seem to care about it. Often his letters almost made fun of it. Just didn't think it was important. Here's a man that he seems from his pictures and, and from his speeches and, and from his, his actions to be a stately man and you find behind the scenes 
you know, he's a guy that's that's actually pretty vulgar, that's actually pretty profane, loved dirty jokes, didn't think that uh, Frederick Douglass should have been uh, dating or even marrying a white woman. So, you know, his <laughs> his uh, his own uh, uh, prejudices, uh, you know, they, they stopped or started on, on a certain way. I mean, he definitely didn't believe in slavery, and he definitely thought that... Um, you know what we were doing uh, to to people uh, who were black and importing them in and, and forcing them to do things. He definitely thought that was wrong. But you know this is not a, a perfect man in any way. You got a, a pretty complex guy over there. Those things definitely we need to know about in, in any kind of a, a biography, especially since he never wrote an autobiography. So we only have his writing and his actions and the things he tried to try to accomplish. Anyway, but it just shows you the complexity of of, of people. And in many ways, memoirs can be very useful because if a person is uh, around long enough, you know they might have put out an autobiography, a couple, a couple of memoirs, and then maybe somebody else has done a biography of them. So if you get a chance to, you know, to read all of those, it really helps give a, a fuller picture of that of the person that you're trying to you know, learn something about. And that's really what what a memoir is, in in my opinion. It, to me, it's like a, you know, a personal memory snapshot by that, by that individual, to really recount something that they find important, so important that they don't even think they can do enough justice inside an autobiography. Just talk about it, but not do it enough, and they don't. They know that's not going to be done well in a biography because. They don't know if a bribe is ever going to be done with them, first of all. And second of all, again, it, 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 it's all about grabbing memories while they're still fresh or while you can still recall them and talking to other people who was, you know, before they go away to their reward up there in the, the big place in the sky. And uh, so many times a, a memoir is a real, a real work of not just art, but a real work of, of personal passion to try to get something out that you just think it stands out for you. You know, it could be anything that a person believes is important. And they put it out there, okay? All right, let's talk a little about the history of the memoir, okay? We've known from the year A.D. 397, that's pretty much 397 years after Christ was born, that St. Augustine, okay, he wrote the Confessions of St. Augustine. He was telling all about the, his sins. You know, uh, it was foul, but I loved it. I loved my own undoing. And he, he came, up, came up with the idea of making, recounting about his, his life before he, he found God and, and practiced a religion on a regular basis. And eventually became somebody uh, really vested in, in, into, uh, you know, uh, solitude and, and, and learning things about writing and, and about himself and about God. Um he came out with the whole idea of making a, a, a memoir, a, a confession. So it's easy to say, and it's clear and, and certainly factual to say that the first memoir that came out was a confessional memoir by St. Augustine, okay? Called the Confessions of St. Augustine, okay? And he talked a lot about uh, his life and, and how crappy it was and how unfulfilling it was and how when he found God, then he found his place and he found a measure of peace and he found a mission or a purpose or, or you know whatever you might want to call that but you know and he, he never really strayed from that you know ever since okay a lot of people these days uh, who are not normally writers 
they'll they'll gravitate to memoir because in many ways it sort of like intertwines with genealogy where you got people who are doing all this the history of their family and then they learn farther than that and then from there they can actually create you know a, a, a memoir which is sort of like a a whole like family recounting of things that they, they would discover sometimes the memoir is about how they were trying to write the memoir learning this about this they said we were Irish but I'm looking at this and I'm finding some Scottish and, and Wales and you know all of that and they put that in there and, and these things have become popular now with uh, people there's some companies that even help you put these together and make them with pictures and you know quote some letters or even pictures of letters and, and, and all that sort of stuff. It's just become a, a, a real, a, a real uh, cottage industry, so to speak. And, and it makes it really interesting, mainly because people who are not writers can still do something that they find important. Because who's to say that their journey of self-discovery or uh, their investigation of their family's background or their investigation of even the history of their family or an event that supposedly happened is not just as important as anybody else who just knows how to write, right? you know? Just mean it's not important. It just they got a little bit more of a path to do. Now, I would say probably one of the most famous, because a lot of people don't realize that St. Augustine did this, this memoir, The Confessions of St. Augustine. It's not really that popular. Most people don't know that. But most people are aware of this book, even though they don't really catch that it's a memoir. Walden by Henry David Thoreau. Folks don't realize that Walden, by him, is actually a memoir. It's not a novel. It's not some of his other works about nonviolence and all this sort of stuff. It is a memoir. Talking about how he built his cabin on the, the lake of Walden and, you know, and started like, sort of like investigating his life, things he wanted to write about, the things he wanted to talk about, translation, all of that. That was all what he was doing there. So he wrote that in that memoir, probably the most, one of the most famous memoirs. Okay? Uh, funny enough, and this is not in any of these categories, but I want to bring it up because it's it, it, it's funny and unusual, okay? Marco Polo would have loved to wrote down his own memoir. Instead, he wanted to recounting it to the guy in the cell who put it together as a, you know, a biography of Marco Polo, went out there and made some money and really sold it well. Because Marco Polo was arrested and put in jail because the particular state he lives lives in was fighting with another state in, in, in Italy. That was before the you know the great union of the of the two halves of the country, you know, by uh, Giuseppe uh, Garibaldi. Well, Garibaldi Giuseppe. <laughs> but um, in many ways, he's recounting his memoir of all. Because remember, he was just simply talking about. The ten-year adventure he had, leaving Italy, going into China, and all the things he discovered. That was it. He wasn't really talking about, you know, I was born in Pisa and I was doing this and that, you know, no. But the other person created a, into a biography and, and became a real big seller. <laughs> it's really, it's really amazing. Now, I'm only giving you the more popular subcategories of memoir. I'm sure there's plenty of others that you could, that, that people could come up with. You could probably make more up if. If more people wanted to do that, you're not really restricted to this. It just tends to fall that way, okay? All right. So first one, the transformational memoir, okay? It's often about, you know, a story or a theme of redemption. Um, here's a good example um, 
uh, We Are American Dreams, American Nightmares by uh, by Audi uh, Nemdif uh, Shahani's uh, is an immigrant story. Okay, it's about um, how um, the drug cartel had a father to be sent to Rikers Island, and and then how it was difficult for them to make it to America. So it's a transformational. Something happens that transforms you. Okay, you could really say if you, if you want if Moses can do something that would be his memoir. Okay, I went from you know a, a prince of Egypt. I got pissed off because they're mistreating the Jews. I punched some dude and killed him, and now I'm 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 a, I'm a friggin' refugee uh, leader of the Jews and goes out in the desert and, and, and talks to God. So there goes a memoir right there from Moses, transformation from prince of Egypt, an establishment figure, to Moses the rebel who now uh, has the ear of God, who throws the rods and they become snakes and can cast frogs out and diseases and all kinds of stuff. It's amazing. That would be a memoir if he did that. But that would also be a transformational one, all right? Next one, confessional. We talked about that already with uh, the Confessions of St. Augustine. It, these are very common in many ways because, especially in the, in the modern days, the transformational could be from, you know, I went from a homeless drug addict to... Eventually getting a job, and then I opened my own company, and now I'm a baker of, you know, donuts. Um, back in the, you know, the early, uh, you know, 1900s, uh, Jean-Jacques Rousseau, he wrote a confessional one uh, about, uh, he wrote about the coming age of his story, uh, some really unusual details about his life, sexual preferences, stuff like that, that normally wasn't written, but... You couldn't get away with that as much in the biography, but you can definitely get away with the memoir because it is supposed to be uh, deeply personal. But there you go, something confessional. Usually, when it's confessional, it tends to be bold. It tends to be unapologetic, like they say. It, it tends to be something that, in many instances, is not, I wouldn't say purpose, purposely shocking, but it is something to give a new slant or a new... Uh, New view of the person that that wouldn't have been known before, so you know it. I, I wouldn't call it tabloidy if that's a word, but it certainly has some elements of it. That's for sure. It's supposed to be true, but it's often a bit risque. Okay. Next one, the professional one or the celebrity memoir. There's all kinds of ones that are out here. Um, if you guys remember uh, one that came out only like 10, 15 years ago, I am Malala, uh, Malala Yousafzai. Uh, she uh, talks about the, the, the Taliban uh, disfiguring her and hurting her, and then she had to recover psychologically and physically, and then she wound up becoming a real fighter for girls' education worldwide, and in Afghanistan as well, of course. All right, there's one right there. Uh, Patty Smith did one. Um, uh, it's called Just Kids, and it was about her relationship with Robert Mapplethorpe. That's the the famous and controversial uh, photographer, and uh, it was before they even became famous. It's just like uh, they had a good friendship and enjoyed each other's company, um, but not romantically, because I don't think she was gay, but he definitely was. But definitely they had a strong relationship and, and, and she decided to write about that. So that's really interesting. Uh, next and last one really here is the travel memoir. We talked about that before. You got uh, Cheryl Strayhard, uh Wild, and she wrote an emotional solo journey about the Pacific Crest Trail. And, and, and she did it uh, as a way to, to sort of get through the grieving of the loss of her mother and I guess uh, the dissolution of her marriage. 
Um, you got another one called The Year in Providence by Peter Mayo, and it's a, a more heartwarming account about how he decided to just go into this old 200-year-old farmhouse in the French countryside and, 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 start, another, and start another life. So that, that, that was pretty fun and, and interesting. I never read the, um, the uh, Patty Smith one, and now that I've learned about it, I might want to check it out, but I, I did meet the Peter Mail one, so that one I'm actually uh, familiar with. There's plenty of others out there, some very, very geographical, where literally, you know, my two years in Costa Rica, you know what I mean? My hell in Tibet, you know, the Chinese are soldiers around around shooting people and Tibetan monks and everything, or, you know what I mean? I got, I got, uh, I got gangaria in Argentina or something, you know what I mean? Whatever, but uh, I'm, I'm saying there's a lot of travel ones there where people will talk about some of the things they've discovered. Uh, whether they tend to be, uh, you know, I'm looking for ancient alien uh, aspects in, in, in the, the, the Mayan ruins, or they're talking about the various cultural things they're finding, especially in food. A lot of food travel going on because you, you get to learn about many ways, a lot about the culture, even the way the country operates, just by their food and the dishes they have. It's amazing what you learn about people through their food. So I always find those things to be interesting. When I was younger, it never really occurred to me that food can tell you something about a person. It just, just never did. It was only when I became an adult and I started traveling around Europe when I was in the Air Force that um, that really became a, a, a real curiosity and how I learned a lot from that. So... I always thought that was uh, that was pretty darn uh, fascinating. Uh, you got a lot of people that just travel in general, you know. Just I went to this country, I checked this out. I like these people. This is what they do. A lot of art and literary type of books that that are memoir about about travel. You know, I, I hung out where, you know, um, Pablo Neruda was doing something, and you know, I kind of hope I catch his muse in the spirit. Yeah, we all do. <laughs> Great, but um. I like travel memoirs. I always find they're interesting. And I, them, more than any other memoir, I'd be willing to buy or pick up fast without even going too deep in it if it tells me that they went through a place that maybe I want to learn about. You know what I mean? You know, someone like, uh, you know, some actress that I might halfway be interested in puts a memoir on I don't know if they care. You know what I mean? But somebody puts out, you know, um, yeah, treasure hunting in Uruguay. You know, these are my travels or something along that line of doing that. That that sounds fun and interesting. I don't know a whole lot about Uruguay other than some stamps that I got. Um, so that would be interesting there. So, so I'd be willing to grab that a lot easier. So I kind of like travel uh, memoirs more than, than all the other ones. I, I kind of gotten older, the transformational thing. We, we just see so much of that right now. That it's, it's difficult, really, for... Uh, for me to get that about okay I, i'm glad you're not using drugs anymore okay i'm glad you own your own restaurant now thank god uh you, you're no longer a a, a clansman and, and now you're a lover of all people but you know we've heard the story so many times that to me it, the transformational thing kind of gets old you know and the confessional thing the same way okay yeah you're like you're a pansexual now okay that's great i, I really didn't need to know that before not really sure what i'm using with that knowledge right now and also the professional the celebrity ones, to me, they were kind of boring. You know, I, I just don't really, I don't even believe half the times they wrote them themselves. I think they got them ghost written by somebody who just sat there with a tape recorder and told them a bunch of stuff and go write that for me and send it out there. With a, here's a couple of photographs. 
So I always find the travel ones for me to be not only more interesting, but I, I always found them to be more grounded <laughs> in truth and honesty, and, and and there's a lot of history and facts and, and and culture. So I really like it for that reason. Now just keep in mind, folks, that whatever one you decide to do, whatever's the one you decide to choose. Memoirs are a lot harder to get placed in publishers unless you have, you know, an agent. They're a lot harder to do. I'm not saying it's an absolute that if you have an agent, you're going to get it placed. Or if it's an absolute that you don't, somebody will check it out. But they're harder to do. So, And you really have to do a good job when you're writing a book description or, or, or just a, a summary or a synopsis about it. On, on what it's about and, and get all the high points out there and bring it snappy make it interesting because you know you have to sell it a lot I think a lot harder than you know if you wrote a, a book about purple aliens you know who fire laser beams from their genitals you know as they're flying in, in weird spaceships around the moon okay you, you might not have to do too much uh, hard selling on that alright so Definitely uh, keep that in mind. As much as it's, you're personally invested in what you've done and the events you're trying to recount to people, you have to do a, a lot more marketing on it than, than your average book. You know, because it's a, it's a different market. It's more of a, just as much as it's a slice of life for you, it's more of a slice of publishing life out there. It's, it's a smaller, you know, count of people who are, who are interested in those kind of books. So you got to keep that in mind. Well, folks, I'm definitely on my road to doing that myself here in the months ahead. I can't wait. Maybe we might even have a show where we'll talk about, you know, where I'm at or what I'm doing in, in that in that particular book. But it'll be fun and interesting. But hopefully that'll help you and get that out there for you. The next show I'm going to be doing in April, I'm going to be doing an interesting show. The first of its kind where I'm going to be writing about things of the military, especially of NATO, different styles of writing, just some of the, the notes and bolts of, of military writing. Hopefully it's something that will help people out there. Maybe it will be used as an episode as a sort of a, uh, you know, a compliment to, to, to a, a syllabus or just a, a learning lesson in itself. I have some hopes for it and, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that's going to be the case. I'm certainly going to aim towards that to try to make it as interesting and as intelligent and as enlightening as possible. Until then, folks, God bless. This is Mark Anthony Rossi, episode 190, Mystic Chords of Memoir. Good night. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.